then as the narrow beach did not afford even standing room within reach for, of his voice for all de- who desired, desired to hear him, Jesus led the way back to the mountainside. Reaching a level space that afforded a pleasant gathering place, he seated himself upon the grass, and his disciples and the multitude followed his example. Let us in imagination go back to that scene, and as we sit with the disciples on the mountainside, enter into the thoughts and feelings that filled their hearts, understanding what the words of Jesus meant to those who had heard them. We may discern in them a new vividness and beauty, and may also gather for ourselves their deeper lessons. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 3. I am such a sinner, but Jesus is such a savior. But you don't know all the bad things I have done. Jesus is the answer. I need Jesus for sure. Those who know that they cannot possibly save themselves or of themselves do any righteous action are the ones who appreciate the help that Christ can bestow. They are the poor in spirit whom he declares to be blessed. Whatever may offend your past circumstances or experiences and however discouraging your present circumstances, come to Jesus. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew 5, 4. Nettie, why are you sad? Because when I sin, I hurt Jesus. That makes me feel sad, too. It makes me sad to see all the things that go on also. Remember Matthew 5, 4. Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, page 9, tells us, The morning here brought to view is true heart sorrow for sin. And as one is drawn to behold Jesus uplifted on the cross, he discerns the sinfulness of humanity. He sees that it is sin which scourged and crucified the Lord of glory. 
He sees that while he has been loved with unspeakable tenderness, his life has been a continual scene of ingratitude and rebellion. He has forsaken his best friend and abused heaven's most precious gift. He is separated from God by a gulf of sin that is broad and black and deep, and he mourns in brokenness of heart. Such mourning shall be comforted. Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 5. The Bible says that we're supposed to be meek. Does that mean weak and wimpy? No way. The Bible says Moses was the meekest man who ever lived. He certainly was no weak wimp. True, it means he was patient and gentle when wronged. Jesus places meekness among the first qualifications for his kingdom. In his own life and character, the divine beauty of this precious grace is revealed. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, Philippians 2, 7. Through all the lowly experiences of life, he consented to pass, walking among the children of men, not as a king to demand homage, but as one whose mission it was to serve others. And he bids us, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Galatians two twenty. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20.
It is the love of self that destroys our peace. While self is all alive, we stand ready continually to, to guard it from mortification and insult. But when we are dead and our life is hid with Christ in God, we shall not, ta- we shall not take neglect or sight to heart. We shall be deaf to reproach and blind to scorn and insult. But bless who do hunger thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew five six. The Bible says that to be truly happy we must hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does that mean? I know what it's like to be hungry for my favorite fruit, strawberries. It means that we want Jesus with all our heart and want to desire to be like him. Oh, yes, I want him in my heart for sure. Not by painful struggles or wearisome toil, and not by gift or sacrifice is righteousness obtained. It is freely given to every soul who hungers and thirsts to receive it. Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Matthew 5, 7. I will never forgive Jim for what he did. But I heard him apologize to you and ask for your forgiveness. I don't care. You'll never be happy or blessed with that attitude. Jesus tells us to show mercy in order to receive mercy. The heart of man is by nature cold and dark and unloving. Whenever one manifests a spirit of mercy and forgiveness, he does it not of himself, but through the influence of the divine spirit moving upon his heart. The merciful are partakers of the divine nature, and in them the compassionate love of God finds expression. All whose hearts are in symphony with the love of infinite love will seek to reclaim and not to condemn. There are many to whom life is a painful struggle. Kind words, 
looks of sympathy, expressions of appreciation would be to many a struggle and lonely one to as a cup of cold water to a thirsty soul. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 8. But the words of Jesus, blessed are the pure in heart, have a deeper meaning. True in the hidden purposes and motives of the soul, free from pride and self-seeking, humble, unselfish, and childlike. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I love being on the beach. It's so peaceful. Oh, in the forest in the early morning. With Jesus, you can be anywhere and have peace. Or go through anything and have peace. Amen. The grace of Christ received into the heart subdues enmity. He who is at peace with God and his fellow men cannot be made miserable. Envy will not be in his heart. Evil surmisings will find no room there. Hatred cannot exist. The heart that is in harmony with God is a partaker of the peace of heaven and will diffuse its blessed influence on all around. The spirit of peace will rest like dew upon hearts weary and troubled with worldly strife. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Though his every... Though his every word and act breathed a divine compassion, his unlikeness to the world provoked the bitterness hostility. Because he would give no license for the exercise of the evil passions of our nature, he aroused the fiercest opposition and enmity. So it is with all who will live godly in Christ Jesus. Matthew 5.13 You are the salt of the earth. You... Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13. My mom made spaghetti for dinner and forgot to put salt in it. That sounds black. Yeah, it was. No salt? Oh, dear. Or salt with no taste left in it. Not good. 
The savor of the salt represents the vital power of the Christ, of the Christian. The love of Jesus in heart, in the heart. The righteousness of Christ for pervading the life. The love of Christ is diffusive and aggressive. If it is dwelling in us, it will flow out to others. We shall come close to them till their hearts are warmed by our unselfish interests and love. You are the light of the world. Matthew 5.14. The power went out at our house last night, and it was so dark. Were you afraid, Georgia? Actually, yeah, until my mom lit a bright candle. And that candle made a difference, I presume. Yes, it did. Good.
Our closing hymn is 518, Standing on the Promises. Please stand. invite all the young people up that go to other schools or are homeschooled. All of our young people are the light of the world along with all of us. Please, all young people, come up. I'm going to pray for all of our young people. They are all precious. Everyone, come on up. All of our young people in this church, you are all part of the Cadillac family. We love you all. You're all witnessing in your different places for Jesus, and you're all precious. All righty. Wonderful. Isn't this beautiful? I'm going to tell you guys, when I came up here my first Sabbath, I was so thrilled and surprised to see all the young people. The church I came from didn't have as many, and I was in a big city. At least it didn't seem like as many. And so I'm thrilled for every one of these young people. Let's pray for them now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for every young person in our church. Thank you for our pathfinders, our Sabbath schools, our school, and for our homeschoolers and our young people witnessing for you in other schools. I pray that you'll bless each one of them. Make them the light of the world, the salt of the earth, wherever they are, honoring you and witnessing for you. May your spirit be poured out upon them and upon us that we can finish the work together and be with Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.